the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Streaming now on TuneIn.com and Radio.com. AM 1220 KDOW. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chatting to have some fun now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary here's rob black on the wall street business network i'm rob black talking all things financial money investing and more Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Tab soda, we can talk about. Do you remember Tab T-A-B? It was a diet cola. Um, Sugar-free, in theory, I think. Introduced by Coca-Cola in 1963. I remember Tab commercials where it'd be like, Christy Brinkley in a bikini, drinking a soda? I must have that soda so I will look like Christy Brinkley in a bikini or date Christy Brinkley in a bikini. It was just the way we worked. Tab was wildly popular in the 1970s. They made fruit-flavored versions, root beer versions, ginger ale versions, caffeine-free, clear variations that didn't have food coloring. Or did they? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But ultimately, Tab was killed by Diet Coke. At the end of the year, Tab will officially be retired and killed off as a brand. I know you're saying, I haven't been in a store in forever and seen a Tab soda. I get it. Coca-Cola, at one point in time, was trying to copy a company called Diet Right. Diet Right Cola by Royal Crown. And it shows you the rich history of companies and how things change. Tab was marketed to consumers who wanted to keep tabs on their weight. I don't know if I have anything more to say about this. I can tell you that Coca-Cola was, from what I've read in history books, they used a lot of computers. You know another company that used a lot of computers to make decisions? Back when computers weren't really computers, they were just these big old... IBM machines 
Walmart used a lot of com- computational power, whereas Kmart would hire an executive who graduated from Yale or Princeton. And they would let this marketing genius run stores and run regions. That didn't work out so well for Kmart. Walmart won. Walmart used computational power to figure out things like what is actually selling on Mondays. and what Or Wednesdays, they found out people are actually buying cat litter on Wednesdays because they have to. Their cat pooped the box too many times, urinated the box too many times, and now the house smells like cat urine and everything else. They're coming in when they have to, Wednesday. But they also figured out on Saturday, people were coming in and buying sneakers. Because that's the day where we're like, let's go play tennis this weekend, honey. Oh, all I have are these penny loafers. I need to go get sneakers. You get the idea, right? So they use computational power to figure out where to staff. They use computational power to figure out what to deliver, supply side. Their supply chain management was, was brilliant. Walmart versus Kmart. And the difference was computers versus smart thinkers. Coca-Cola did the same exact thing. They hired IBM to generate a list of 185,000 four-letter words with one vowel. Adding names suggested by the company's own staff, the list was stripped of any words deemed unpronounceable or too similar to existing trademarks. Out of 185,000 four-letter words, they came up with T-A-B-B, tab with two Bs, and then they shortened it to tab. And it was all about a computer that figured that all out for them. I know you're saying, really? Uh-huh. Um, I'm a big fan of studying companies. I know you're saying, uh, you should be studying fashion models, not business models. No, no, no. Business model got me a fashion model, if you know what I'm saying. Anyway, Tab's been reformulated. It once was a mixture of cyclamate and saccharin. And then the FDA issued a ban on cyclamate in 1969. Uh, why? Because it was leading to bladder cancers. And somehow the brand still survived. That's impressive. I think of all the cancers to get, which one would you want and which one would you not want? I'm not going to I'm not even going to further their conversation in my head but like I haven't said the word bladder con- cancer in a while. I've talked a lot about pancreatic cancer. Boy, that one comes and goes fast, doesn't it? I know someone who got pancreatic cancer dead within 6 months. And the doctor looked at him and looked at his pancreatic cancer and said, "You'll be dead in 6 months." The interesting thing was the guy lived the craziest healthiest lifestyle of anyone I've ever seen in my life. And pancreatic cancer got him. Just like Steve Jobs. 800-516-1220 gets calls in the air. Wine supplies may be in trouble because of the smoke in California, which is kind of an interesting thing because Nap and Sonoma are on fire. They've been on fire all fire season. This is the second major on fire all fire season in the last five years. So their crops in two out of the last five years have been decimated. It's not the white wine grapes. Those are easy to grow and they're fast to grow and they, they get them before the wildfire season hits. It's the red wine grapes. So we're looking at you're going to pay about 20% more for a bottle of wine this year. And then in subsequent years, 15%. California makes 85% of the wine in the United States. But 11% of it is grown in Sonoma and Napa. And you're like, just 11%? Why are wine prices going higher? It's the supply and demand thing. 
if I were to tell you that suddenly 11% of homes are for sale in your neighborhood, one out of 10, you'd be like, oh, I get it. People are going to be moving in pretty aggressively. Um, that's a lot of inventory. That's a lot of choice. But when it's on the supply side, it's it cuts the limit pretty aggressively. And considering Sonoma and Napa are considered great wine regions. But then again, in the last 20 years, we've learned to grow wine in Virginia, New York State, Washington, Oregon. Texas probably has some wineries. And you're like, Texas? So it should be losing some of the impact, but it's not. Because 10% is 10%. And 85% of the nation's wine supply is 85% of California, but 10% in Northern California. So and there's Paso Robles wines. There's, there's areas that are not affected by as much smoke. Anyhow, I'm digressing. That's called inflation, and that's my boogeyman. Sometimes we talk about Jason Voorhees. Sometimes we talk about Freddy Krueger. Those are the bad guys. Those are the, the, the killers out there. Those are the, the guys that will put an arrow through your throat for no reason other than, oh, you were camping in the woods and making love to a teenager. Those are the bad people. Those are the bad, 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 bad people. Uh, to me, inflation's the bad people. It's, it's the thing that scares me the most. So I don't drink a lot of wine. Um, maybe with a nice, maybe once a month with a steak or something like that, but not very often. But we're going to see inflation, and that's the troubling one to me. Boeing stocks climbing as Europe is near the 737 MAX approval. Gun sales and ammo sales are surging. You can, pub, you can buy publicly traded companies that deal with guns. When Obama got close to re-election, people panicked and said, we better go buy guns because Democrats are going to take away our right to own guns. So that happens every four years. Every four years, there's you know, a push-pull on gun sales. Pretty interesting to watch, in my opinion. For the record, I still don't own a gun. I don't even own a slingshot. I'll kill you with a wit and sarcasm if you invade my home. He says, I'm a jealous man and I don't want to talk about that. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Thanks for listening to the show. Happy Friday. We're at a radio station. And I have a general manager who says the funniest thing. I'm like, hey, I only work on Fridays at the radio station. Every other day, I typically work from my TV station. That's pre-COVID. <clears throat> but every Friday, I'd see him. I'd say, hey, boss, how you doing? And he's, he's like, it's Friday. Never, bad, never met a bad one. I'm like, I get it now. As you get older, Fridays are good. Okay, let's talk elections ever so shortly tied towards oil. I got an email this week from someone who said, I think I should buy Exxon and Chevron. I'm like, okay, on one hand, I get it. They've been around for 100 years. We've been using the black gold for a long time. Totally get it. Not knocking you in any way, shape, or form. On the other hand, I'm like, Gavin Newsom said, let's go EV by 2035, electric vehicle. And I'm like, okay, I get that. 
oil, depending on who's going to be president or who's not going to be president, is just as important of a thought. Uh, <clears throat> demand has increased from its lows in the second quarter. But the world's still consuming a lot less oil than they were at the beginning of 2019. Most believe that global oil consumption won't return to 2019 levels until at least 2022. And it's being closely watched. With that said, there's a November 3 election right around the corner. There's uncertainty on who's going to win. Which, I guess that's every election going forward, right? When Trump beat Clinton, that was thought of, that's not possible. And then suddenly it was possible. I know you can get into some debates on who got more votes and did she really mess up by not going to Michigan? I, I don't care. <laughs> I'm not going back to it. I'm just saying it's always going to be challenging now. Which to me brings up the question <clears throat> on oil. Every four years do we have to look at a potential new administration and their policies on oil? I think you kind of do. I own an oil stock just for the dividend. I know you're saying, give me a little more clarity on that, Rob. Okay. I own an oil stock just for the dividend. I don't care if it goes down. I want that 5% dividend. I can't get 5% of the bank. I take that 5%, I reinvest it. In theory, it'll be part of my income strategy in retirement. As long as oil companies continue to pay their dividend, I don't care about the price of the equity. I don't care about the future growth. I just care about can they pay that dividend. Because of it, their ability to pay that dividend, a lot of them have become what are called dividend achievers. It is a investment philosophy that is easy to get behind. Companies that have been so good for so long that they've become aristocratic almost as far as achievers go. They throw off enough cash and they pay their dividend consistently that they become an aristocrat, a dividend aristocrat. It's not a bad philosophy. Now, typically when you're giving your dividends to shareholders, cash dividends, essentially you're saying to the owner, if you own a share of a company, you own part of the company. I own shares of Apple. I can't go into an Apple store and fire people, but I like thinking that I'm an owner. I like thinking of buying a stock as an owner of that company. That's part of my philosophy. I don't mind owning an oil stock that its only goal is to pay a dividend. I don't want them to go. They're not going to go out and make oil 2.0. There's not going to be oil 5G. There's not going to be oil. There's not going to be any growth there, which is fascinating. Probably the best argument I've been in in the last year. The best argument that Rob Black has been in, and I tend to get into arguments. Um, I don't know. Maybe I stir the pot. But it was a couple who, they said something really odd. They said, oil, dinosaurs are oil. It must have been in a movie. They were kind of quoting it in a funny way. Like, you don't really think that all the oil on the planet came from dinosaurs, do you? I'm like, oh, yeah. Learned it in school. I'm like, I think you learned something false in school. Um, but again, it comes down to philosophy and 
all I'll say is oil's not definitely it sometimes it was a byproduct a dinosaur would go into an area that they shouldn't and die and yes oil did become dinosaurs did become dead dinosaurs did become part of oil but not all the oil in the world so anyway my point being is that Exxon and Chevron they drill they drill they drill they drill we're we're going to run out of oil at some point but I'm not going to get into that. It's not going to be in my lifetime. Peak oil has been talked about as well, that's when you would sell the stock when we've hit peak oil. As long as they pay their dividends, I'm fine. For an income strategy. For growth, no way. They don't have 5G. They're competing against electric vehicles now. The consumption is going to go down worldwide. Sunshine is a lot more eco-friendly than oil, according to millennials. Me? Uh, my opinion doesn't matter. It's the millennials that matter because they're the consumers. I could tell you, like taking baths in oil, I could tell you that like oil makes my skin feel rejuvenated and it doesn't matter. I'm not a millennial. I know you're saying you put a lot of power in these, these, these young bucks. Headwinds to us oil and gas production will rise further under a Biden wind. Statements made by Biden suggest his administration may introduce regulations that would increase shale production costs and reduce shale's recoverable resources. So, yeah, every four years we're going to look at this, I feel. Under Biden win, regulations that appear negative for the industry could offset by some positive impact of oil and natural gas prices. So, we'll be paying more at the pump for these end products produced by oil. And the companies can do well in that scenario by raising prices due to more regulations. It's a little tricky. It's not so easy as saying peak production. It's not so easy as saying it's just about can they pay their dividend. I like seeing oil somewhere between 40 and 60. And at 40, I feel we're on the weak end of the spectrum. At 60, I feel we're on the inflation end of the spectrum. Deflation at 40, inflation at 60. Deflation is worse than inflation. Those are my two boogeymen. Those are my Freddy Kruegers and Jason. Inflation, deflation. It's what I constantly look for and I try to figure out. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Eight million Americans have slipped into poverty since May as federal aid has dried up. That's unacceptable. If we're going to say we're the greatest country in the world, that's unacceptable. But again, that's just my opinion. We're in Halloween season, and it's unacceptable to me that we're not dressing up this year. Halloween as a child was my favorite holiday of the year. Now, again, I come from an alcoholic father. So for me, Halloween was an escape. It was a chance to be creative and not be judged for being creative. I loved it. It was empowering. Um... School, going to school in a costume and having a kid, you know, maybe a girl or maybe a, a guy that you liked, kind of like endorse you with like, I, I like your costume. I'm going to miss that this year. 
it feels like it's not going to happen where I live. Now, again, maybe I should just move to a state that's celebrating Halloween, but I'm going to miss it. That's all I'm going to say. And I'm not going to get too poetic about it because that won't serve us anything on this show. Um, but Halloween is a holiday where we spend money, too. The amount of money that we spend on our children is ridiculous. The amount of money we spend on costumes is ridiculous. Every year we do reports like the average American is going to spend $89.43. And the next year it's $94.17. And the following year after that, it's $102. It's kind of escapism, especially in times of economic stress. And I think we're at a time of economic stress. I just talked about how many people are hitting uh, poverty. It's also a time where we spend money on stupid stuff like candy that we don't need, which leads to diabetes, which leads to more healthcare costs. We spend money on sexy, sexy outfits. I so badly wanted someone to be like a sexy nurse this year with, you know, a face mask. I don't know what some sort of COVID play on it. I wanted to see what was going to come out of the creative minds of how can we get separate you from your money at retail stores. Every year I go on news and I talk about, well, this year we're spending this on costumes and adults are spending more and they're getting more adult partying going. And it ultimately becomes a spending holiday. We even go as far as getting our pets costumes. Every year we spend more on our our pet costumes. One year my family dressed up as Scooby-Doo and guess who I got to be? Young son got to be Fred, not me. No, 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 no. My other son got to be Shaggy. No, not me. No, 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 no. The wife got to be the lovely and beautiful Daphne. Yeah, yeah. Dog got to be Scooby-Doo. I got to be Velma. Velma. So I was wearing a big orange sweater and a wig and glasses. There's a good YouTube video of me on news because I didn't tell anyone at news I was going to do it because it's kind of escapism. I was like, I'm just going to dress up as Velma. And I did my whole thing, my whole five minutes on TV through the eyes of Scooby-Doo. How powerful this was. Harlem Globetrotters and all the positive things. Would you do it for a Scooby snack? I had to be Velma, but there's a good YouTube video of you hit Rob Black and your money. Velma. <laughs> and the key word there's Velma. Take a look at it. Tell me if I didn't do great. One year I dressed up, um, who did I? Oh, the Wicked Witch on Kron. And I did the whole perspective at the Wicked Witch of the West or the East. I don't know. I did the whole thing as like um, gold. You follow the yellow brick road. Follow the yellow brick road. A lot of people think that was kind of an economist who wrote that. And they talked about socialism and capitalism inside of, uh, I don't think so, but there was capitalism lessons in it. Um, just throwing that out there for you. I'm Rob Black. Talking all- I miss Halloween. That's where this all started. And as a 21-year-old going to a bar... If you had no game, that night you had game. Everyone gets confident in costumes. Just throwing that out there for you. I'm not a dancer. Stocks are gaining as retail sales come in strong. The World Health Organization is questioning the effectiveness of Remsenivir on death rates. We can't even agree on what's helping people sick. 
who are sick with COVID and what's not helping people. We can't figure out if masks are right or wrong. We can't figure out if it's six feet or 12 feet. We can't figure out if it's shut down or not shut down. We are a divided world. But those retail sales were positive. I like that story out today. Uh, There's also another story that Pfizer said, hey, if we get to the safety effectiveness, efficacy of vaccination that we're comfortable with, we want that rolled out as fast as possible. We want the FDA to bend over backwards for us. Eli Lilly and Johnson Johnson have both announced setbacks for their trials of COVID-19 vaccine candidates this week. A clinical trial reportedly found that Gilead Science's own Rimsdavir treatment had no impact on survival in patients with the virus. A couple weeks ago, we are talking about Gilead Sciences as an investment because it was cutting down on the death rates. People, if you're if you're like on your way to a ventilator, Rimsdavir, Rimsdavir to the rescue. I don't pretend to be a scientist. I'd much rather talk about other things, like VF Corporation. They're uh, the company behind North Face Brands. They had better than expected financial results. Stocks fallen because it was built into the stock price. Hewlett Packard Enterprises up a little bit after the. Enterprise Computing, Enterprise Storage, and Software Company announced an improved fiscal 2021 outlook. CIT Group, and I mentioned this in the first segment, I should have mentioned it more, because now we're in the seventh segment of the show. CIT Group said that Serge, no, they didn't say. They're going to the chapel, and they're going to get married. A merger and acquisition. Sometimes on Wall Street, not right now, but sometimes on Wall Street, on Monday mornings, we wake up and we call it Mega Merger Monday. And we're like, over the weekend, the lawyers finally let it out of the bag, and Company A is looking to buy Company B, and they're trying to face off against Company C. I like it when you see mergers and acquisitions. And I'll tell you the simple, 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 simple reason. When a company looks at another company and goes, you want to go out? They got game. They got game. They're coming to the table and saying, like, you want to spend some time with me? I like that. When one company could look at another company and say, I see something attractive. Now, hopefully it's not a situation where I'm going to lure you in and I'm going to wrap you up like a spider and suck all your blood out. You don't want them to suck all the blood out of a company and fire everyone. You kind of want it to be kind of a something a little bit more loving, right? Ah, the good old days when we talked about spiders sucking the blood out of flies. (laughs) See how much I miss Halloween? The seasons long for each other. I love how winter is so cold that it breaks into spring with little teeny tiny grass shoots and flowers and teeny tiny little buds. And those flowers and the buds, they turn into summer and they kind of get burnt. And they turn yellow, fire danger, and then fall comes along and takes away the heat and says, hey, let's just chill. Let's just chill. And then along comes winter to crush fall. I love the seasons. Right now, I feel like we're in a season of longevity, of things aren't really changing. COVID, for lack of a better phrase, it doesn't seem to be getting better. I know herd mentality, I, I get a lot of it, but it doesn't seem to be getting better. So when we can talk about a merger, when a company is looking at another company going, I like you a lot. Um, it's a good thing. 
So the financials are telling me there's some value there. Tech, do not let it be lost upon you that there's already massive gains there, which they deserve. If you look at their free cash flow on these companies, they're very attractive. When you look at a PE, they're not so attractive. Which one do you want to look at? You're going to be an ostrich and put your head in the sand, or are you going to say collectively? And then you could throw in another. When you look at governments out of the European Union, they're saying we should break these guys up. They're too strong. Our own United States has looked at them and said, they're pretty strong, but we tend not to do much. We tend to drag our feet. I don't know what to do. No game. So when I see mergers and acquisitions, I'm like, game. I don't know. I hope I'm helping you. Got to talk to management today, so we'll see if I'm back on Monday, but I think I will be. I hope I'm helping you. Drama. LVMH. Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy. They've already returned to double-digit growth. Luxury works well in good economies, and luxury works well in bad economies. Because let's just face it, if you got money, you got money. And you need an Italian handbag, you need an Italian handbag. So, I hate Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy. My first wife did something inappropriate, or a board of directors did something inappropriate via email with my first wife, and it didn't last a whole year because of Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy. That's all I'm going to say. You're not going to get anything more from me. Okay, buy me a beer and you'll get more, but for now, that's all you're going to get. But double-digit growth is double-digit growth. And it just reminds you that cosmetics and jewelry and, and luxury clothes and luxury purses, no one should pay $400, let alone $4,000 for a purse. But we do. And if you happen to be on Instagram and have 1 million followers, we'll pay you to put our purse in your post and say, everyone should buy this. The luxury goods sector is one of the very, very first to be impacted by like SARS and COVID because people don't travel. Chinese tourists don't come to the United States and say, we need to come back with a purse that's super cheap. But it's super expensive. Super cheap. Because it's rich. It's no big thing to them. But it's also the one first to come back. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I really, really appreciate my audience. I love talking on air. It's very cathartic for me. It's kind of like having a therapist without paying a lot of money. I think everyone should go to a therapist if they you can. I think it's very healthy. But it's also very costly. But I think it's also very healthy. <laughs> but it's also very costly. And that's where I get in this like dilemma. 60% of workers say employers should cover work-from-home expenses. I don't have an opinion on that. As the pandemic drags on, I've upped my internet speed only because I do radio and television, and I think it's important to have a good, solid connection. I'm not asking my employer to cover my internet costs, but I understand that some people would. 
One in 10 employers have offered workers subsidies to manage the cost of working at home. One in 10. I like not to be seen when I work. I like not to be heard. But also, I like editorial control. When I leave radio, it'll probably be because I've lost editorial control. And again, I'm not going to make a big statement there, but we're all different. And just the way we approach, should the boss pay for my internet speed or should I pay for my internet speed? I get it. Totally get it. And I think we're all raised differently. I was raised to be an entrepreneur. I was not raised to be an employee. Um, just mentally. So I think that way. I've never had a big budget to work with, ever. I don't know what I would do if I had it. I like having a shopping list when it comes to investments. We're going into an election where we're talking about a blue sweep or something like that, where the only thing I could tell you about that is socially nothing. But I could tell you infrastructure spending would be on the big. So I'm going to go, if I've never done this, and I've done this, have you done this? This weekend, if I hadn't done this, I'm going to Google infrastructure investments. Now, some of these sites are going to be selling crap. Crap, 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 crap. Some of them are going to be selling just basic generic lists. And then you go there and you see an ad or something like that. I get it. I get it. I get it. It's not a great way of doing research, but it's a way of doing research. I want you to research stuff. I say this tongue-in-cheek that 25 years ago, I got a subscription to Barron's because I got tired of going to the newsstand and picking up Barron's. B-A-R-R-O-N-S. And on Saturdays, I would slip into the tub with a glass of champagne. And I got one of those big bear claw tubs and it's super deep. And I'm not a small man. I'm 215 pounds roughly. Um, six foot two, so I'm not. I'm I'm not like a kind of guy who fits in a tub easily. Like I'm just big. <laughs> I'm big boned. I'm not going to say it, but I would read Barons every weekend, cover to cover. And when I got in the industry, I would read the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times business section, cover to cover. And what I did with the Wall Street Journal is, I would circle the articles that I found interesting. Big Black uh, Sharpie on Monday. And on Friday, I would go back and read Monday's newspaper again and see if what was written was right or wrongish in my mind. And that's how I researched myself into having an opinion about investing. I'm not a person who looks for stocks to fall 30% because they historically don't. Yes, there are corrections in bear markets. I like a good 10% correction every year. I'll even take two of them. I'm good with that. That creates opportunity for me because I have shopping lists because I've done research. In the long term, we've never been in a bear market that goes to zero. I don't buy that game. I've got someone who emails me who's incredibly annoying. He just keeps asking for investment advice. And at some point in time, develop your own is my advice. Um. But he tries to write ideas by me as if I'm free and can answer any of his whims. Yesterday, he sent me an email. He goes, what do you think about AMC? And the previous email, I said, dude, stop sending me questions about stocks. 
And it took him less than two days to send me a question about a stock. He's looking for AMC because it's spiraling out of control and it's cheap. So to, to me, what I want to tell him is stop looking for stocks that are cheap. Start looking for great companies. Do your own research at some point in time. He's been listening to me. I've, I've got every one of his emails. I've saved every email. Every email since I've been doing radio, I've saved. So I Google him, and he's sent me over 250 questions about stocks. That's too much. Have I not said for the last 20 years, buy Apple? Like, I, I tell you what I'm doing. I, have I not said buy Nike? And this guy gets caught up in this, like, I want to buy a cheap, dilapidated stock like AMC because movie theaters are shutting down and they may run out of money. Well, guess what? They may run out of money. It's not that hard to figure this stuff out. But that's where he's looking because something in his life, maybe it was salary wasn't good enough. Maybe he wasn't a good saver. Maybe he got too many divorces. Maybe he got too many cars or too many houses. Something went wrong and he's looking for a shortcut. Best thing he could do is get Barron's and read it on the weekend in the bathtubs. Get the Wall Street Journal and New York Times and read it during the weekdays. Put down your entertainment weeklies. Who cares what Charlie Sheen is saying or doing? If you really care about living from 60 to 100 with some sort of dignity, you should be doing what I did. Learn how to research. Learn how to understand things a little bit different. Stop looking for a Buddha on the mountain to, to, to run a stock by AMC. I get that he's a fan. I get that he appreciates what I do. I get that he supports me. But stop looking for shortcuts. It's not going to pay off in the long term. Anyhow and anyway, that's my opinion on AMC is do your own research. Get Barron's this weekend. Get a subscription to the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times business section. New York Times business section isn't as good as it used to be. Wall Street Journal isn't as good as it used to be, but they're still pretty good. Immerse yourself in a little bit of research. I'm Rob Black. Have a great The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.